What's up, guys? We are back. We are back. This is Rewind and Unleavened Bread. Corey Ann Thorpe is here. Hey, hey. David Overstreet is here. No. You what? put me second now. <laughs> Whatever. Not mad about Whitney Michaela Williamson is here. Hey. <laughs> oh, man. What's your middle name, Johnson? Is it Elroy? Leroy? Leroy. That's his first name, right? Oh, that's right. So we have oh. Leroy Johnston Ellis. <laughs> I didn't know that. Leroy Jenkins. And of course, I am Dalton Locke. And James Dalton Locke. That is correct. Yeah, James, which means the follower or the one who comes behind. Hey, me. Listen, I do. We do. Like my my middle name. Why are you laughing? My middle name means like a valley and a town in the valley. It's deceptive laugh you got going. <laughs> My full name means the King John's Farm. The farm? King's, yeah, Leroy King Johnston John's Farm. All right. Well, I started going by Corey Ann because Ann's my middle name, but Corey means in a cauldron. So <laughs> what does like, Ann mean? Corey Ann is better. Um, is that like dying to self? I can't remember what Ann means. I'm trying to look it up. The internet is being wonky. <laughs> but it's much better than in a cauldron. <laughs> mm. Is it? Wait. This guy's not. What is a cauldron? Is it not like a cup? It's like. A, no, it's like a stir. It's like a melting pot. Oh, yeah. yeah I got you, got you. But it just makes me think of like witches and stuff. Like, yeah. I'm not the in your witch's cauldron. Looking <laughs> up that good stuff. Yeah, I think my full name is. The follower who lives in the town in the valley mm-hmm. next to like a pond because that's what a lock is is it's like a body of water mm. so it's weird that's cool i could see you yeah living that out retirement totally that, that's you like <laughs> <laughs> what about you david do you know what your whole name means not a clue um <laughs> nope <laughs> Not even gonna try Overstreet. I still think that that's There's a robot somewhere. That's a robot. It's not Overstreet. Sounds like, like, like a car model or something. I don't know. It sounds <laughs> either that or like a stove model. Something yeah. kitchen appliance. Oh, Anne means favor. Favor or grace. The favored cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> the cauldron of favor. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Sounds like Lark of the Covenant here at all. Hey Siri, what does David mean? Oh, it's not gonna say it. <laughs> I was hoping it would say it. Sir. Uh it's ju- it's just giving me the history of the name David. It's not telling me what it means. Mm. Dang. Okay. Oh well. Anyways. Whitney, do you know what your name means? What does Michaela mean? Who is like God? Oh, does it? Yeah, Ooh. it's derived from Michael. Hmm. Okay, what what does Whitney mean? I shared this at VBS one year in like eighth grade. I was probably like what fourteen, and I got so much crap for this, and Ooh. I didn't pick it. And everybody's like, "Ha ha ha!" Your name means White Island. White Island. <laughs> You know what, David? I'm I was sorry. looking into some deeper no, meanings. I dig that. I'm sorry. I, I but, dig that. But White Island, and then who is like God. So I'm going to take that. I was looking up islands, and it's just like something set apart. Oh, holy. So. Mm. Holy. And white, white is like pure. Pure. Yeah. Right. So I'm just going to translate this White Island thing into to pure and, and set apart, and who is like God. Mm. Hey. You know, 
that's okay. This is a little animal Sounds fact. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what this animal's called. Sorry, but there's this animal that it's like a cute little otter type thing, but it's pure white and it lives in the snow. And it will do anything it can to keep itself white and clean. Like, it will kill itself to keep itself white and clean and keep mud and dirt off Why? itself. Because it's so, just like, it's determined to stay nice and white. But I think that is such a good parallel for us to, like, be so determined that we will die to, like, be close to Jesus and to keep away from sin. So you're going to say we will hey. die to be white? <laughs> no, no, no. 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 <laughs> no. Spiritually. Spiritually, right. Be pure. I went ahead and looked it up. David means beloved. Oh, yeah, that's right. And uh, <laughs> Overstreet is an Americanized form of Dutch and Belgian. Uh, I can't pronounce that, uh, but I'll try. Overstreet, a topographic name for someone who lived on the other side of the street. <laughs> that is a good question. Because we got to put the whole name together. Yeah. All right. So one, of the one who is beloved on the other side of the street. The sheltered side of something, the side away from the wind, is what Lee means. Huh. Side away from the wind. Beloved the wind sh- shelter. The sheltered the one. <laughs> the sheltered <laughs> one. The beloved sheltered one. The beloved sheltered <laughs> one. On the other side Across of the, the street. <laughs> small metal. Sounds like a book. <laughs> small it's like a novel. Yeah. <laughs> Whitney sounds like a cocktail, though. The White Island. Yeah. I can see that. I am intoxicating, but. Oh. Okay, wit. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> um, guys, please, please, listeners, don't take that seriously. Definitely, <laughs> they <a joke>. didn't. <laughs> you can well, always get drunk on Whitney. <laughs> oh no. White Island. <laughs> I just pure <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> I'm sorry, Whitney. That was low hanging fruit. I had to go get it. As long uh, as the roots are deep, I don't care. <laughs> if it's not bearing fruit, cut it off. Amen. <laughs> All right, guys. This week, we are talking about self-control. We are wrapping up our series on the fruit of the Spirit. And so before we get into self-control, I just want to remind you of what Jesus said about the fruits of the Spirit. Well, yes. I am the vine. I am the true vine, and my Father the vine dresser. Every branch mm-hmm. in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that d- does bear fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. So if it's not bearing fruit, cut it off. If it is bearing fruit, cut it off so it grows more fruit. You're pruned if you do. You're pruned if you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Might as well go on and get on with the pruning. That's right. Joy's mine. All right. So going back to self-control, I have a proverb from Solomon. Share. It is not good to eat too much honey. Well, dang. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) What was What? It's all right. She's hacking up a lot. Choking on some honey. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm just glad That's he not didn't pure. say ice cream. Right? I'd have to really <laughs> oh, yeah. practice uh, control. It is not good to eat too much honey, <laughs> nor is it honorable to search out matters that are too deep. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Mm. What do y'all think that means? I think that's deep. Yeah. Wh- is it too deep? <laughs> I don't know. I'm five one, so maybe the searching <laughs> out. Wait, searching out matters that are deep. Is that that what? are too deep. That's interesting. What do, you, what do you guys think about that? Like, I don't know. What first comes into my mind is like, I especially feel like in today how there's so many just different things yeah. going on in society and people so tend to like jump in and research certain right. topics. So like 
we we are definitely told to get off the bottle as Christians to stop drinking milk and to mm-hmm. mature into meat. Um, it's so like we do have to tackle like the hard issues in the Word and in Scripture. But then there are some things that it's like, it, no matter what you do, you're, there's always going to be a divide mm-hmm. on what it means. And um, let's talk about the sovereignty of God real quick. If God is so sovereign, then why does he allow all these things to happen? Well, you can go into the theology of that, the doctrines of that, but ultimately you're still going to end up with more questions and you're still going to be questioning his sovereignty. And so it's like the further you go, the more doubt that you put in your heart and the further you confuse your, you confuse yourself. And so that's where I think that's where he's going about. Like it's not honorable to search out matters that are too deep. Mm-hmm. It's like, there are some things that you're just not going to understand. You're not going to be able to wrap your mind around. Um, so it's like, explain, explain it the best you can, but then accept that you might not completely understand it at times. Yeah. Yeah. I was having a conversation um, with a friend last week, and we were uh, we were talking about um, depression, and like it just kind of came to mind. Like as far as self control, like do you guys believe that you're always in control of your thoughts when it comes to depression and those dark thoughts that come in? Like, what do you guys? I'm just curious about your opinions on that. As someone who struggles with depression, I do believe that you are in control of your thoughts. But the thing about depression is like some like it it it's a constant battle. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just stop. And so yeah. there are ta- there are days when you just don't feel like being in control. You don't feel like fighting it back. Mm-hmm. And so you just give in and you just let those thoughts race through your mind. And then that's when it gets progressively worse until you do something about it. Um, some people, they, they just, they don't have the motivation or the willpower to fight back against it because they've been giving into it for so long and they've forgotten how to fight back, fight back. And so like, that's when therapy is needed. That's when, um, that's when even medication is necessary because it's to like, it's one, it's to add that serotonin. There is a chemical issue going on. Yeah. It's some, somewhere in the brain. So you have to tackle that, but also um, like you just need to remember how to be happy. Yeah. I see. I'm in psychology and like one of the things I did take away from that was there is a rehabilitation process that most people go through. They have these thoughts. First they go to family and friends. Then they go to somebody, if that doesn't work, uh, a professional who then diagnoses and or prescribes them a medication. They couple cognitive therapy with the medication, and the hope is that you learn those techniques and you also start weaning off medication at the same time. The hope is to retrain your brain, fix the chemical issue, retrain your brain to handle those thoughts, different techniques, different hobbies, whatever it may be. And the hope is that you inevitably are not reliant on the medication anymore. Yeah. Um, Because there are health risks. There are health effects 
like from your medication from medication like into your 40s and 50s. Yeah. Um, increase for dementia, increase for Alzheimer's, all of these things that these diseases that are serotonin based are you're more likely to have those because mm-hmm. you are suppressing that you are suppressing an emotion. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm am with it, and that's where I kind of roping it back to self control. Like, even just having the initiative to do that shows self control, because like if you've tried that full cycle of rehabilitation and it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. But I think the self control needs to be there to at least try. You know what I'm saying? To at least try to go somewhere, uh, not just go to therapy, because a lot of people think. Therapy is just go and spill your life to a therapist. No, you actually have to do things in therapy. You actually have to interact and you actually have to contribute to therapy. Um, But I'm more talking about with medication because a lot of medication to me feels like, like they don't want to go through the cycle of rehabilitation and the medication just kind of gives you what you need in that moment. It's not a quick fix. It's not anything like that. It's to balance you out. Mm -hmm. But the therapy actually helps you retrain your brain. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm just curious about where you guys fall with the self-control and, and that aspect. Like I'm just. With therapy and medication? Yeah. Self-control with that? Yeah. Corian, if you want to go ahead and go, because there is a scripture that came to my mind. Well, I don't know if this is exactly what you're asking, but like I just think of Second Timothy one seven, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. And I know some translations change sound mind to self control. Mm-hmm. And so to me it's almost like fear is an opposite of self control. Yeah. And so like at the root of self control is fear. I mean a, the root of lack of self control is fear. So it's almost like I like I'm so scared I won't get pleasure in a certain way so I overindulge in one thing so it's like there's this fear that if you have self-control then you're not going to be satisfied in a certain area or you're going to be missing out in some way yeah Johnson do you have some dad yeah hold on I'm about to sneeze (laughs) (laughs) I've had two I've had two uh false alarms here now but uh anyway (laughs) um way to practice self-control there you go (laughs) (laughs) Self-control. But uh, with regards to uh, self-control, a lot of things come to mind. I I think that a lot of our, uh, of the thoughts that we struggle with also in some ways relate to our habits. Yeah. Uh, I know that, um, so I'm a big advocate of taking the big five to better understand yourself. And I score very high on self-consciousness with the uh, uh, with the uh, neurotic level. I score low neuroticism, uh, but I score very high in self-consciousness, so I'm always in my head, uh, which has routinely been true all my life. Anytime, especially if I do something that I think is wrong or that I've perceived to be wrong or something, that I, have I hurt someone? I immediately freak out. I had that happen yesterday uh, where I thought, oh my gosh, I did something wrong. Oh no, well, and everything just started go starts to run through my head and I had to just tell myself over and over, it's going to be okay. God's going to forgive you. You you will be fine. Yeah. Like just you know, just take a breather. Mm-hmm. And uh, and but some of the things that I've I've found because uh, later that later the, uh, on I went to see my friend Bailey and everything just 
I didn't think about it anymore. I was just thinking in the moment of hanging out with Bailey, catching up with him because we don't get to see each other as much like when we were in like middle school. Right. And, uh, and that's part of my habit. I, I, if I get in my head, it's good to go see people, not to talk about what's going on, but just to uh, be around people that will just distract me from what might be screwing me up. Sometimes I'll talk about it. That's why God gave us community. Right. And uh, another, another thing that I've done uh, as a habit is prayer. Another, uh, when I went, started going through uh, therapy at Sanford, uh, where I go to law school, um, Sanford's the bigger campus. Uh, but one of the first things that uh, Dr. Yoakum and I started doing was he said, start journaling down what you are dealing with in the morning. Like what what are the, some of the first things that are coming through your mind? And so I started doing that, and that was very helpful for me. I started making a habit uh, of writing out less of the fiction and poetry that I would normally do like in middle school and more of what is actually eating me and being very blunt and, uh, upfront with it. So, and, uh, those habits and others working out with my, uh, with my friend Mitchell, those have helped me control my thoughts. Uh, and, uh, they've, they've certainly made me happier over, over the long run. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's, I think that one block that we have actually, uh, and to tie this into the Bible, it comes, uh, the best illustration comes from the story of the rich man where he comes up uh, to Jesus, Lord, Lord, what must I do to be, what must I do to be saved? And he lists all the things that he's done. And Jesus says, well, there's one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and come follow me. And the guy says, no, he just turns his, he just turns away because he had so many possessions. Mm-hmm. And I say all that because I think that that is an example of comfort that some, sometimes we are so comfortable in uh, the, getting wrapped up in maybe our thoughts or maybe, maybe we're just a little comfortable with depression. I know I was for a while because I've also struggled with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't want to get out because what happens if I'm no longer depressed? You That'll speak. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Um, because I mean, like it's, it's comfortable because it's familiar. Yeah. Because you're just so used to it, and you're like, "Will I not be as introspective? Yeah, without the depression, without right. the pain, or whatever." Um, but let let's focus a little bit more on self control. Uh, we can do an episode on depression and mental illness. Yeah. Um, here soon. But uh, I wanted to go back to the proverb that I had. So it, it is not good to eat too much honey, nor is it honorable to search out matters that are too deep. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Um, and like I thought that, that that spoke to the overindulgence on honey. And then it spoke into the overindulgence on like intellectual matters. Um, but then like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. I was, I was trying to, th- I was thinking to myself, what is that mean and as i was thinking about it i was like that that's a city whose defenses are down and is then controlled by its situation so if somebody's like breaking into a city like with fortified walls then they're going in there with the intention to recapture to capture the city and to uh enforce its own ideologies on the city Mm -hmm. and so like 
if you think of yourself as a city whose walls have been broken through, whether by honey or by intellectual matters, um, then you're being controlled by that situation. Right. Because you're overindulging in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so self-control has a lot to do with overindulgence, but it also has to do a lot to do with, um, well, I, I guess I'll, I guess it's not a two-sided coin. It's more like s- you can also overindulge in yourself in, um, li- in putting yourself before others is I what I'm trying to get at. I was just going to say, I think like we're living in a society that is so pro-do whatever makes you happy. Yeah. And I think that is a huge issue with obviously self-control. Yeah, quick. It's instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you don't get that, then... Like, what are you doing, basically? And and that's an issue that was dealt with in Ecclesiastes in the first two chapters, because the preachers, it's vain to toil so much. It's vain to seek all these pleasures to get, uh, to seek wisdom. Uh, Just so much of this is vanity, uh, and it's stuff that rather, uh, we're rather quick to indulge in uh, and overindulge in. Yeah. And uh, just let all control and caution go to the wind. So... Like, it's okay, and I think I've said this before, but it's okay to have things. It's not okay for things to have you. And I think with self-control, you can almost, like, switch the words. It's okay to have control over yourself and make sure that you're being disciplined and not, like you said, overindulging, but it's not okay for for self to have control over you. Mm, You need to have control over self. And um, if we let our emotions make decisions, and like you said, Corianne, our our culture and our society is really driven by what makes you happy and it's teaching love and acceptance. That's what society is teaching, mm-hmm. but the Bible teaches love and repentance and repentance has to come from a place of you've, you feel convicted, but you're taking, you're taking self-control, right? You're no longer allowing your emotions, your mind, your will, those things to make your decisions for you. It's not saying you never experiencing experience any of them, but it's saying they're not going to be the leading factor in my life right. yeah. I'm and not like, gonna let them lead me and it also it's counterproductive to patience as well because you see all these things like I was talking to Corianne before the show like I've kind of struggled recently about like there's there's a certain place that I want to be and I see you know others and how they're doing it and like I want to do it this exact same way they're doing it but for me there are obstacles and there are things that I have to be patient through right now and that also takes self-control in order to to remain patient and and trust like it's not just like I don't know it's not just not doing something it's also like being patient and doing what you need to do through the seasons that God has given you right now yeah and because you see like social media like this is why I can't stand social media because Everything you see on social media is fake. Everything. Like, it's, it's, and I don't, obviously I don't mean everything, but 98% of it is fake. You see, it's like, that's not what discipline looks like. That's not what self-control looks like. It's, like I said, instant gratification. It's counterproductive to discipline. It's counterproductive to pe- to patients and normal people who are actually trying to work hard to get something and to achieve a goal. And it's teaching you, hey, you don't have to have self-control. You can just do this and take the fast way around and that's not going to teach you anything about self-control or about discipline. And then, like, so 
Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, one verse that really goes along with that is 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 25. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So I love looking at everything that we go through as a race. It's like we are training. That self-control is just building endurance and building perseverance. Um, and even it's Second Peter 1, 5 through 8 kind of goes along with that. It says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. Yeah. So it's just like all, all one step to get there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and like it's it's tempting with like finances too. And I know that like there have been times when I've like I wanted to be somewhere so quick and I would make a decision financially that was way premature. And that's a lack of self-control. Like and that that's that'll get you. Because, I mean, there's this lie that's propagated that you have to be at a certain place at a certain age. You have to do this by a certain time. Everyone is on their own timetable. Everyone is on their own path. The will of God, you can't, when, whenever you're trying to make decisions prematurely, you're trying to stronghand the will of God. Like, the will of God's going to be done at his timing for his, per, like, it, it's not going to be your way. That's why whenever I make plans, I make sure to say, if it's God's will. Like, it talks about that in James 2. Like, you never just make plans and say, this is how it's going to be. Like, God is the one that allows you to have even the hope that that could happen. And so you always say, Lord willing, if it, if it be your will, yeah. let this happen this way. And that takes self-control to give God the control. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what It I mean? really like, does. Yeah. That, that's it's tempting to want to do it your own way but you you have to hand it over I wanted to touch really quick on a couple of things um so the verse right after the one that you had shared Corianne I really like I just love that whole section but it's in uh first Corinthians 9 26 it says so I do not run aimlessly I do not box as one beating the air but I discipline my body and keep it under control lest after preaching to others I myself I myself should be disqualified and I think that just that I discipline my body. Notice how the responsibility is is yours. That God does not control you. He gives you the Holy Spirit and a fruit of abiding in him is the ability to control yourself, that that's your responsibility. It says, I discipline my body. And another thing I wanted to go back to really quick is in Romans 12 too. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm-hmm. And it just talks about the conformity of the world. And I've been hearing a lot about that between creative night and other things. And it just talks about how the world's not creative. Like it all conforms to one pattern, one way of beauty. Alicia had taught on that and touched on it. And it was so, so good. But it says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So the transformation is only going to come by renewing your mind. Well, whose responsibility is it to renew your mind? Mm-hmm. It doesn't say God renews your mind. It says the renewal of your mind. That's also our responsibility. And so I think with that earlier, you had asked me, David, I didn't really answer at that point about the, my take on the um, therapy and medication. Mm-hmm. I think that if that's where your faith is at and that's what you need, and I'm not, hear me out. I'm not saying that you don't have faith, mm-hmm. 
But if that's where a person is in their walk with God and their faith and they need that assistance, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I will say that I don't think that it necessarily treats the root issue. I think it treats the symptoms of. But like you said, some people do that and need that. That's where they're at. Mm -hmm. And until they can get that process of getting their mind in the habit of thinking right things so they can get down to the root issue and then wean off of those things. Um, I do think there is a spiritual thing behind that. I do think that there can be um, like just a spirit of oppression within that side topic that we had talked about. We can go into that. Like Dalton said, we can do a mental health. Um, That's, I think to some extent we all struggle in our minds. Yeah. I think there's more severity in, in some cases and people put that label on it of, of yeah. I mean, that's where all sin starts. Sin starts in the mind. So, and, and guys give yourself grace. If you're listening and you're like, man, what, what did you mean? Whenever you're like, what do you like where my faith is at? Well, it calls God our healer. Well, we only need a healer if there's a need of healing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there's areas of our life, but there's a deeper root issue that we have to invite and allow God into that he can heal. And if you're just not at that place, that's okay. Ask God to send labors, ask God for healing, ask him for whatever you have the faith right. to believe him for. And if, if in that moment, it's never a shameful thing. You no. should never be ashamed of that. No, no, no. If, if your faith is only to make it to that appointment, to get people to assist you and that's fine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But allow God to do a deeper work in you. Right. Allow him to get down to the things in your heart. Those, those places where, where maybe we need to renew our mind Give up to the word of God. God. Yeah. Because the word, like the word of God, when you attach your faith, it's medicine to your spirit. And so um, I would just encourage you guys, if we have any listeners that need help with these things, the fruit of the spirit self-control is a fruit. You can't have fruit without the root. And getting the fruits that we've talked about in this series and, and all of the things that we've discussed here only can come from abiding in him. Because Jesus is the true vine. He is the vine. We are the branches. And Pastor Bill even talked about that earlier today. And he's talking about we're not the vine. He's the vine. We're the branches. And so I see a lot of times when we get caught up in our flesh and caught up in works and not exercising self-control, like it's almost like the fruit tries to to be fruit without the root. If you're only concerned with what your fruit looks like and you're watering the fruit and it never actually hits the ground and gets into the, to the root system – it's not going to be sustainable. It, there's nothing deep enough to hold that fruit up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just, I just want to encourage you guys with all of these things that to have the fruit of the spirit, it just comes not from striving for fruit. It comes from abiding in him and whatever seed is in you, mm-hmm. whatever gift Holy Spirit has given you accordingly. Like it, it just, it naturally comes out of you without you having to aim for the product you just aim for the source. Mm. That'll yeah. preach. And and that's one more thing is like it's so it's so tempting to say that you don't have self control or that you don't have gentleness or that you don't have faithfulness or that, that you don't have any of these things. But the truth is is that if you are in God, if you are if Christ is in you, then you have these fruits of the spirit. Mm-hmm. You have the self control. You have what you need. God has given you what you need. You just have to use it. Yeah. Um, and that's that's one struggle for me is like with self-control. It's like I blame my flesh so much for 
like my lack of discipline. But the truth is, is that I have self-control. I just need the accountability. It's like you have the ability to do it. You just need people to push you. You also, part of self-control is picking what you want most over what you want right now. So anytime like I'm making decisions like that, for instance, I'll just use food because, Mm -hmm. you know, we all go there and you opened up talking about some honey. So, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I can want ice cream and that's, you know, fine in moderation. But if I think about what I want right now, I could totally knock out a pint of some Ben and Jerry's. If I think about how I want my body to look next week, if I get a picture taken with some friends, it, I don't want my body to look like that pint of Ben and Jerry's. Okay, like you, you know Cauldron what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you have to pick, you have to think about more than just the right now result, the right now, how I feel, the right now, whatever. Yeah. Like another thing, like it's okay to have emotions. It's not okay for emotions to have you. And it's definitely not okay to let them lead. And I have to really abide in God on that one because yeah. I'm pretty heightened in that area. Um, but you have to, okay, think about what do I want most? I want to abide in God most. What do I want right now? I don't feel like taking responsibility. I don't feel like putting forth effort. I'm tired. I'm drained. I haven't rested. You have to go back to that question. What do I want most? Mm -hmm. I want to abide in God. I might not feel like trying right now, but I'm still going to be like, you know what, Lord, I need your help in this area. Yeah. And if you don't help me, then I like, by God, I can't do it. And I, I need your grace right now. And I just thank you that you're my help. And then you start thanking him for things. And I, I will just say real quick, that is a, as true as with depression and anxiety as it is with any other issue. It's like when those thoughts come, when the anxiety comes, now I'm not talking about the physical anxiety, like I'm talking about mental anxiety. Like when that comes, you ha- you can either sit there and dwell in it or you can say, God, I need you. And mm-hmm. then you go to him in prayer and you let him work out what he's going to work out. Yeah. Um just wanted to throw that in. Yeah, it's just one decision at a time. It's one step at a time. You, you don't try and eat the whole cake. You you take take little bites. Little you know bites I mean? every every few days because <laughs> even if it's all in the same day, it still you know adds the weight. But what if it's cheat day? There is no. That's cheat another. Day. That's a whole other podcast. We're not going to talk about cheat days. Right. Just just stay faithful. <laughs> Let's go back right. to that. Well, I mean that is the thing. There is a time for, for feasting. There is a time for indulging in what is good for you. And like, I, I would call that corporate worship. Mm. There's a time for going in with community and just having this feast of just worshiping God and reverence and being reverent in his presence. Reverent. What am I trying to say? Reverent, reverent. in his presence. Reverent in his presence. I don't know. Um, there is a time for that too, but there's also a time to expel that energy that you're gaining from that. So you like you go in corporate worship and then you oh it's raining. Yeah, it's a um, lot. <laughs> and then you you bring that to other people. Like you share the word of God with other people. Like you you in, indulge isn't a bad word. It's overindulge. Overindulgence that's bad. Mm-hmm. So there is a time for feasting. There is a time for to acquire those things. But it's so that you could be prepared for the week to come. There's one little um, nugget I just wanted to add um, for you guys. This it, it pops back up every so often for me whenever I think about what I should be doing. <laughs> and maybe I just don't feel like doing it. And it's just, um, so you have your spirit, 
you know, but then you have your mind, your will, and your emotions. And whatever you feed the most is which one leads. And if you have to feed your natural body so many times a day, like you can go without food, but you're not going to be able to produce the same amount and quality of things as time goes by. Well, same thing with your spirit. So like whichever one you feed the most is which one's going to lead your life. So if you have to feed your natural body, you also need to to feed your spirit with the word. Um, And that's something that when I heard that, that just was like, whoa, what? Okay, I definitely got to read more. And, you know, the more that you put the word in, the more you see it come out in your life and you are able to exercise self-control because whenever the word brings light to things in your life, it also gives you the desire to want the things of God more. And it goes back to that question of, you know, what do I want most? And I think that just really helps with self-control when you ask yourself, what do I want the most? And if I can bounce off that, because there's something that David David said earlier that uh, I really liked about uh, wanting to go by our own plans and not give control over to God. I remember one time you bragged on your sister about how whenever things uh, didn't seem to go the way she wants, she'd go, she said, well, I guess God doesn't want, want me to have this right now. Mm. And uh, I don't know how long ago that was, but uh, that was some years ago. And I bring that up because part of self-control is our reactions to things when they fall apart. Because inevitably, inevitably they do. We have plans that we were hoping would come about, and either sin gets in the way, uh, which is it, constantly illustrated whenever the Israel Israelites want to move forward, and, and then they won't stop sinning, and so God has to discipline them. Mm-hmm. Or uh, sometimes God's answer to our plans is no, which... You see, uh, especially in Acts, when Paul and Barnabas, they, they there's a moment, uh, I think they wanted to go to Asia Minor, and the Holy Spirit wouldn't let them. Mm. That was just God saying, no, I want you to go this way. See, I give because, them props there, too. He had, to, he had to go to, what was that island that they crashed, that they shipwrecked on? But, like, God wanted them to go to Asia Minor eventually, but he wanted them to go to that island first. And so it's like, yeah, like your plan is good, but not yet because I have something in the middle. Like I have something on the way type thing. But uh, go ahead and say what you had to say, Whitney, and then we got to wrap up. I thought you – oh, okay. Well, well, guys, we are running out of time, so we are going to go ahead and wrap up. Uh, Thank you all so much for tuning in to the show. Um, This is the end of the Fruits of the Spirit series. So thanks for tagging along with us. Tagging along. Tagging along. Uh, Guys, we will see you next week. This is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread.